0: We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to
1: move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear.
0: It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. This month, Trailblazer makes its triumphant return with another toast to progress in the brewing industry. Trailblazer is a liquid legend in the land of brews, and it follows a crisp peach nose through cairns of citrus and florals, peaking at a whole new elevation of hops. The descent is smooth and at times a little bitter, a true taste of success on a trail hard-traveled, and our toast to those who haven't traveled it before. Now, doesn't that make you want to pick up a six-pack of Trailblazer, which we make every March. And by the way, this year, 100% of Trailblazer's profits will be donated to nonprofit organizations, uplifting and empowering women and non-binary entrepreneurs in brewing and business. This year's recipients include Ladies Who Launch, a game-changing nonprofit helping communities of women sustain and grow their businesses. And today's guest, Saveria Tilden, was a recipient of Ladies Who Launch uh, last year, And Severia's story goes something a little bit like this. When her dream job disappeared, she knew that she had to do something to get it back. And her solution was to launch Adventurous Women, which created life-changing experiences for women in the outdoors. Uh, But the only problem was it was fall 2019. And as we all know what happened in 2020, the world got flipped on its head. So these in-person experiences were uh, really difficult to pull off, but she knew she was blazing the right trail. And today we're going to hear Severia's story of how she navigated this difficult journey, where it all started, and how being a part of Ladies Who Launch has helped make this dream possible. So, cheers to all the Trailblazers out there, and let's dive into this amazing and beautiful story. Hey, folks, welcome to the podcast. You heard a little of Severia Tilden's story in the intro, but now we got you on. Severia, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thanks for having me, Mason.
0: Awesome. So, so where where is home for you? Where are you coming from?
1: I am based in Bend, Oregon.
0: Did you grow up there?
1: I did not. So, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State, um, but I just recently moved back to the Northwest uh, about a year ago and landed in Bend.
0: Folks heard the things you're into and the things you're doing now in the intro, but but where was like the foundation of all this? What kind of, I mean if you're open to it, what kind of family did you grow up into? What kind of things did your parents or your guardians like encourage you to do? What, what were you doing at that time?
1: Yeah. So it's funny um, for somebody whose now entire career in life is sort of based on outdoorsy things and being outdoorsy. um, It's definitely a later in life story. So we moved from Southern California up to Washington when I was about 10 and That move allowed us the ability to live outdoors, right? It was the classic, you know, come back before dark and in summer in the Northwest, that's like 10 o'clock. So we'd come back, have dinner and go out and play. Um, And my brother and I wanted to go camping and my mom was like, oh, absolutely. I support this and bought us, you know, the Snoopy sleeping bags and the tent from Big Five and put us in the backyard and said, have a great time. And so uh, growing up, you know, we were outdoors a lot, but it was more team sports. You know, I played soccer. I rode horses. Um, was for 4H nerd, all those things, but so we kind of lived an outdoor life. But we, I wouldn't say I was outdoorsy, and so that didn't happen until much later in life. Uh, yeah, but I'll just say much later in life.
0: <laughs> when did that hit you, or, or or what? Can you can you take us back to a specific experience, or just a time when that started, you started to make that realization?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, as I said, I was kind of you know. I was a cyclist. I did triathlons. I did Ironman. So like I was definitely like an athlete, like sport. Um, I guess triathlons aren't really a team sport, but more organized sports, I should say. Um, And I was working for a marketing company. I fell into a dream job um, that was doing park visitor welcome maps for state park systems all around the U.S. And so again, no outdoors background, started producing, you know, park visitor welcome apps and working with all of these park systems and sort of realizing that there's this whole thing called an outdoor industry. And there's this whole world out there that's centered around camping and hiking and, you know, backpacking and all these outdoor things. So I was doing it professionally. And one of my coworkers uh, knew that I had grown up in Washington and he was more of an outdoorsy person. And he said, you know what, we should climb Mount Rainier. And I was like, cool. He's like, Oh, you've done Man's. You'll be fine. No big deal. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Mount Rainier. Like that sounds awesome. I grew up like she's my mountain, you know, I grew up, um, you know, looking at Mount Tahoma, like
0: all oh, your life. It's like, it's just always there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just always there. Well, I shouldn't say it's always there. It is. It is the Northwest. It is Seattle. So when the blue sky's out, it's there. <laughs> There's a lot of times where it's not there. Yeah. And I was, you know, and it was funny because I was doing ambassador programs with you know, outdoor athletes and stuff like that. And so I was kind of professionally being introduced into the outdoors through a work perspective. And then my friend wanted me to do Mount Rainier. And so he and I went on, and at the time I was tra- still training for triathlons and he and I went on a snowshoe and it was my first snowshoe ever, ironically, in the mountains of Southern California. And it was this fresh powder day It had just dumped like two feet of snow the night before. And it was like that, you know, that watershed moment where you're like, what is this magical experience that I'm having? And we're hiking up this mountain and it went snow and I'm with my friend and his girlfriend. And I have this moment where I'm like, this is amazing. If anything happened to these two people, I would be dead. Like I literally will just die in the snow because I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm supposed to be climbing this mountain you know, in the snow. I might need to get some experience. So a, another friend of mine heard me saying I was doing Mount Rainier and they were in the triathlon world. And they started talking about this wilderness travel course that the Sierra club puts on in Los Angeles. And it's a 10 week course that basically meets one night a week. And then for 10 weeks and you have four outings and they include a hike in the local mountains, uh, you know, rock scrambling, desert navigation, weekend at Joshua tree, a snow travel, snowshoe trip, and then a snow camp. So you go to the Sierra and you, Uh, camp for two nights, three days, snow camping. So my first time backpacking ever was snow camping in the Sierra, (laughs) where I was like, I may or may not die, but my guess is they wouldn't be hosting this class if people were dying every year, so I'll probably survive it somehow. And that whole experience just changed my life forever, and I never looked back. I sort of joked that I was introduced to the outdoors through that, and I jumped in with both feet and haven't looked back.
0: It was an unforeseen fork in the road, you know what I mean? Like yeah, a, like a totally. lot of them are, but not oh, not a one that was forced out of, uh, you know, bad decisions or a tragedy of some sort. This was like a, a, a oh. happy thing, a, a good thing, yeah. a, a, a fork in the road you didn't necessarily have to take, if that makes sense. And I'm always yeah, interested totally. in those forks that you take that aren't forced upon you, like a lot of times we hear people's stories go. H- how did you go about yeah. making that, making, I mean, jumping two feet, what did jumping two feet in? look like to you at that time well so I
1: think when you mentioned the fork thing so I think the interesting fork in this experience was that I had signed up to do the course with my partner at the time and then they couldn't um do the course because of work so I had to do it by myself so I had gone into this thinking I was going to have my adventure buddy and we were going to learn all these (laughs) things together and then all of a sudden I was flying solo and I was like ah sorry I didn't (laughs) know Ah, shoot. like i have to figure all this stuff out on my own like i have to be self-sufficient like i can't rely on this other person learning all these things and so that was an interesting fork because i think the for me the class was or the course was so much more impactful in a way because i had to do all these things on my own and so that was an interesting thing for me um
0: which is a common thing i feel like in the outdoor setting planning adventures with friends I so many people it, they're the, they're standing all alone by the time the the, the launch day happens or they're they're starting mm-hmm. the through hike or whatever it is. And yep, you gotta be self sufficient really quickly. Which is important. Absolutely. It's important to be able to, to to do out there.
1: Yeah. And it, and the thing is, and you know, on the flip side of that, it's great to have adventure buddies, it's great to have adventure partners, it's great to share the load <laughs> emotionally and figuratively and all the things planning wise. Um to do it, but it's also nice to know if something happens, you're, you're okay, right? So being able to walk into a situation knowing that you have the skills. So took that class, it changed my life. I basically came back and I have an, a background of education as well. And so I came back and it's a volunteer program. So everybody who teaches this course and volunteers. So I came back um, the next year as a volunteer to help to become on staff and to learn how to teach it. And ultimately ended up leading my own group. Um, so when I say like jumping with both feet, that was that moment of like, oh, I think I just didn't realize sort of the power of the outdoors beyond being outside, like the mountains, the Sierra, like being able to travel with everything on your back and be okay. Um, and so, yeah, so I started teaching that class and part of my journey. So I was still doing marketing and still doing my professional life and still working in the outdoor industry. Um, but also sort of working for REI as an outdoor school guide, um, and started teaching, for them, and yeah,
0: you. I heard you say in another interview you, you've had a lot of career changes, uh, uh, and a lot of different from film to yeah, leading adventures that, that but but before that, all <laughs>
1: dolphin, the, dolphin trainer, you know, oh, all dolphin the things,
0: <laughs> okay, that's funny. I could, I like, I don't know it, yeah. to how to take this, but I could totally see that. Like, you, you, I could hear your voice coming through like the mic and wearing the wetsuit and be like. <laughs> All right, now they're going to do this for us, and so I could I could totally see that. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, So, when did this? I don't know. This newfound passion and 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 whatnot grow to the point that you would started moving towards it with your career. Was it fits and starts? Was it all at once? Like how did how did that look for you?
1: Yeah. So I think for me, like I said, you know, I got into marketing. I was in a marketing job, which introduced me to the outdoor industry. um, Really wanting to make sure that my passion for the outdoors and also getting other people outdoors. Cause that was something I realized early on was my passion about the outdoors is getting kind of demystifying the outdoors. And I think it's because I came out at so late in life that I realized, oh, like this is, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can enter the outdoors. There's so many benefits just personally, you know, emotionally, all the things of being outdoors and having these experiences that I really, was drawn to that piece of it. So I wanted to work with companies that were, you know, encouraging people to get outdoors. I wanted to work with companies that were encouraging, you know, all walks of life to get outdoors and sort of taking down barriers for getting outdoors. And that was something always that was really important to me. And so, yeah, I started doing that still from sort of the marketing professional side and then the guiding side and then got involved with REI and um, right around when they were doing so I was guiding for them and then they had a big event series called Outessa, which was this amazing all-women's festival um you know multi-sport weekends that brought women again out to the outdoors let them try all these things and I did that for a couple years and that was definitely transformative um both personally and professionally just to see the impact that the all-women's space could have on people so when things are women-led when you know you're your adventure, buddy, your new adventure buddies are all women and just sort of seeing the power of, um, women led spaces and women supporting other women. Um, and the power of that was really inspirational, empowering, impactful, all the things. Um, and it was what inspired adventurous women.
0: How quickly did you recognize that need in the outdoor industry, that there's just not a lot of representation from women, people of color. You know, when, once you got introduced, how quickly was, did you start to realize, was it immediate?
1: Yeah, I would say it was pretty immediate. Um, you know, even it's interesting cause I've been in, I would say I've been in the outdoor industry long enough that I've, I've been there when nobody was talking about it and it just was, it just wasn't even a thing to see, sort of see where people are like, wait, the outdoors isn't aren't inclusive, and we need to start making them more inclusive. And you know, I saw the rise of outdoor Afro and Latino outdoors, and the need for these amazing organizations, and the fact that there was this space that affinity spaces were needed. Um, and so, I think there's still so much work to do, but I I think it's been an interesting journey being a part of the outdoor industry, watching it go from where it wasn't even a conversation that people were having. To now being something that people are recognizing, creating space for, and actively working towards making the outdoors more inclusive.
0: And I know when starting Adventurous, it, it came after when REI ended a program and, and you had maybe seen like how awesome it could be. And, and you were like, I, I got to keep this thing going.
1: Yes, that is exactly correct. So um, we were working on Altessa, which was those big, you know, 400 women on a mountaintop you know, ski resort festival program, like a takeover. Yeah. Total takeover five, you know, five semi trucks showing up to build the village. It was, I mean, it was amazing. It was energy in the weekends. And I used to joke that I was never so fulfilled after those weekends and so exhausted. Like it was this weird thing of, I don't like, I have zero brain cells left cause I'm so tired. Um, but just watching what, you know, the team created for these women and then talking to the women who were there and hearing their stories about why they showed up why it was important what and what they were getting out of it it was like i said it was perfect it was personally and professionally the most impactful experience in my life and then when they sunsetted that program i was left sort of going what now (laughs) wait (laughs) i've just literally been experiencing like my dream my dream for the last two years like what now uh, so I decided to sort of carry the torch in some smaller way with adventurous women, um, and really put together and you know women-led teams and seek out you know areas where you could find it's it you'd be surprised it's actually really hard to find a place that provides a whole bunch of outdoor recreation opportunities that have enough women guides to support an event, and when you come in and say like. No, you know, Do you have women guides? Or are you a woman owned business? Well, we have like, we have great guides. And I was like, yeah, but, you have, but we want women to teach our classes. Um, and Bend has been actually one of the, the best places for that. But in other places, it was really hard. I literally had people tell me, well, we're not planning on hiring any women this summer. And I just was like, uh, <laughs> but what if you did? What yeah. if you did hire one of your paddle guides to be a woman, you know
0: did people ever say did it, did people ever say that it was the lack of applications that that they were limited to that? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. No, I think that just was always some sort of excuse or oh, well, we just you know we've we have the same crew that we've had for ten years. they guide you know the guide for us every year, so it's just sort of the, again, there's that no space right to let new people in. So I think that's it was probably more of that than anything else. You know, and it's a it's a tough go if you're breaking into the outdoor industry, especially as a guide from an underrepresented community, because um, it's lonely and there's bias and I feel when you create those opportunities, they're just as impactful for the women guiding and teaching as they are for the participants who are showing up to be together in that space. We did a, our first woman in whitewater trip last spring Uh, in Oregon. And again, one of the things that we sort of requested was we want an all-women guide team on the river. Like we, you know, from whoever is managing camp to the lead guide, we want an all-women guide team. So we were there and we had 24 participants. I think we had five or six river guides. Some of them were, you know, four or five years into their career. Some of them were 20 years into their career. And this was for all of them the first time in their guiding, rafting careers that they had had an all-women team. And they were just like, this is awesome. (laughs) And so like, and it was, so it was fun for me to say like, okay, so the other trip leader and I kind of put our foot down and said like, this is, this is what we want. Like, you know, we want an all women team to the guide company's credit. They're like, yeah, this is awesome. They provided us that team. They made it work. And then to see how impactful it was, not only for the women on the trip to see all of these women in charge, all of these women running the river all of these women, you know, handling camp, but also for those guides to be like, yeah, we got this, (laughs) you know, we're going to go scout the rapids and we're going to make the right decisions for you. And yeah, we got this. Like our voices are, all of our voices are going to be heard. It was pretty great.
0: Can, Can you illustrate through a story, the impact that either those experiences with REI were on you and some of the attendees, the folks that went, the women that went, or, maybe a moment that, that you realize I I have to do something about this problem that I see about this issue. Uh, Because, you know, this show is all about like, where, where do folks start taking action? And I can imagine, you can share a story about how the the, the fulfillment of those experiences, you said you've never been as fulfilled as those, but also more exhausted. Can you like illustrate that through a story?
1: One of the things that women are surprised about, by coming to our events and our escapes is that i think as women we've been raised to be competitive right there's sort of so there's this competitive with each other you're always competing for something and so there's a lot of women who are really nervous about showing up and so i was just on a call earlier with somebody and i was saying 60 to 70 percent of the women come to our events by themselves they show up solo not knowing anybody and there's this fear of am i going to be fit enough Am I gonna be you know, young enough? Am I gonna be, am I gonna have a friend at the campfire? There, there's all of these junior high insecurities that are sort of hiding underneath the surface, but you really wanna do this thing. Like you really, you really wanna go try the outdoor thing. You may not have friends at home who are interested. Your partner may not get this side of you that wants to go try the adventure. And so they put themselves out there and they show up and they become vulnerable and they say, I'm gonna sign up and I'm gonna to come to this thing. And it's super scary because they don't know if they're gonna have fun. They don't, they're trusting us that we've got them, you know, in this environment. Um, And I've had so, and I will have conversations with women who will call me or email me beforehand and just say, you know, I really wanna sign up but I'm nervous for X, Y, or Z reason. I said, just, we got you, come like, you know but I've never tried this before. I don't have the experience or I'm older or, you know the list, there's like a million different reasons. And they show up and they realize that they are enough and that, you know, one of the things that we find really often is that even though we all come from we're different ages and we come from different walks of life and there's all of these differences, we're all there because we want to be outdoors and we want to adventure and we want to try these things. And instead of having catty clicky circles, all of a sudden you have 20 other cheerleaders who are helping you get up that rock climb, right? Who are you know, cheering you on and like got you know, screaming at you like you got it and like are supporting you and are there next to you when you're trying mountain biking for the first time and you're scared to go over the, you know, your first drop and you do it or whatever it is. And so I think that surprises women. I think people are, women are honestly surprised about the level of support that is at these um, events and that there's this commonality that the outdoors brings us all together. There's like something special about kind of putting ourselves outside of our comfort zones, being vulnerable with other people, that creates a bonding that happens. Um, and people leave filled with community and connection and especially post-pandemic. You know, I feel like we've all sort of gotten used to, our roles have gotten much smaller, you know, between the pandemic and even now that we're not, you know, isolating and these things, I think people still are like, oh, I'm kind of kind of comfortable in my, in my smaller world. It's kind of like, it's kind of nice over here. It's, it's safe. It feels very safe. I don't have to put myself out there. Um, And I think there's something to be said for when you do put yourself out there and you get so much in return, like how great that is.
0: I want to know kind of the launch of Adventurous, because I know the timing was interesting right before the pandemic. You're part of that really, really uh, fascinating group of people that launched something new right before the world changed where you're yeah. already taking a leap of faith. You're already stepping out and doing something, getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, and this whole thing happens. It pretty much shuts that down. Take us through how you got this thing going and maybe some of those first experiences once you were able to have those experiences.
1: Yeah, so um, 2019, it was interesting because so the other program had ended, the new year started and... Um, I had started, it was a coaching program called The Great Big Journey with Steph Jagger. You know, I was kind of feeling a little lost and I signed up for the Her Great Big Journey program. And, you know, part of it is you're you're supposed to focus on like the why and like what keeps you going. And I just was like, I just was living my why. Like I just had it. It was so close. It was in the palm of my hand. I was living my why. I was getting women outdoors. I was empowering women. Working working with amazing women. Yeah, working at REI, like it was everything, and then that went away, and I was like, and I, but I still, I think I, I sort of saw the light of like what I wanted, and it felt like it was all of my worlds, all the, all the random careers that I had done, Mason, right? All of these different things were kind of coming together into one, you know, whether it was the marketing background, the education piece, the outdoors piece, like all of these things were sort of were sort of pointing to this. I had for a little while had a blog, you know, the adventurous was a blog. um, I used to joke that there's adventure in all of us, which is why it's spelled the way it is R U S because there's adventure in all of us. I believe that. And the girl next door in the sense that like, you're not going to say like, Oh, that person climbed around right near. Oh, that person did three iron bands, but like I did it. (laughs) And so there's like, I think there's adventure of all of us. And so, and seeing these environments and realizing if you have the right support network, if you have the right environment to push yourself, you can discover what adventure means to you. And so that all came together. I don't remember how we got connected, but I got connected with two amazing women at lodge camps, uh, mm-hmm. Ashley Austin and Kristen. I cannot remember her last name right now, but we got connected and they said, why don't, and I said, I have this idea to do these events. And they're like, you should do it at our, at our properties because lodge camps had just started. Yep. So that was where that connection started. So, so like everything sort of started falling into place as far as I have this idea, I have this dream. Oh, okay. Now I have a location. Oh, okay. Now I have, you know, the framework, Um, you know, I had already been teaching and guiding for a while. So I knew, you know, programming, I had a marketing background, so that was helpful. So like, again, all of these things um, fell into place so that we hosted our two events uh, in the fall of 2019. So you know, we launched a group travel based destination focused business in the fall of 2019. but I'm bum.
0: <laughs> I love it. And, and yeah, and I, I, I know that you know, folks have heard these stories of folk, people launching businesses at bad times, but when you look at history, on paper, the times that it doesn't make sense to start something new, is oftentimes exactly when a lot of the household names we know now got started.
1: Yeah, someone just shared that with somebody just shared that with me the other day. They were like, you know, some of the most successful businesses were, you know, launched in times of adversity and like, you know, all these things. And I was like, well, then I have then there's great hope for me.
0: <laughs> there's great hope. I don't don't <laughs> That quote I need to be this.
1: incredibly successful.
0: <laughs> that that idea that you just mentioned of having your dream job and then it being taken away. I don't feel like we have ever explored that on a podcast where it's like Everyone's getting to that point. You know what I mean. We're getting to where all our all cylinders are firing, all our strengths are being used. We're fulfilled. That I've never actually explored what's beyond that when it actually gets taken away, and that's a really interesting idea. I don't know if you would describe it with your story as getting back to that point or getting what you had there, but on a on a deeper level or on a bigger level through adventurous.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you you lose your mind and you decide to start your own business and become an entrepreneur. <laughs> the trauma of losing your dream job <laughs> results in
0: causes you to make another uh, a, a bad yeah. decision. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
1: the no. bad decision. Um, no, I think um, you know. I would say I think being able being able to experience being so deeply fulfilled in something work wise, like where you know. The team um, that I worked with are amazing, still friends. Um, see, you know, the women that I met along the way, just all of that being so fulfilled, I really do think gave me the strength and the ability to then follow my heart, you know, and, and know because I've having seen.
0: You got a taste of
1: Something it, right? that was working. Yeah, I got a taste of it. And, said like, and also just knowing, for me, it was really, it was watching the impact it had on the women's lives who attended. Like that was a big piece of it too, right? So I'm being fulfilled, but then also having conversations with women who are there who are so fulfilled and learning all the things and realizing how important it was to create this space. And um, for me, it was really important to create a space that was inclusive and diverse and show that like- you know, and this was pre-pandemic, you know, really show a space where all women could come together again, crossing the spectrums and all have an amazing time and learn from each other and support each other and be there for each other.
0: So when you started Adventurous, has it changed from what it is now? Four years, by the way. Would you say that what it is has become has changed a lot from what you had envisioned when you first started?
1: I would say it's better this is going to sound silly, but like a way that I describe it is when we first started, you know, we combed stock photography, right? To try to find what we wanted. Like the, we tried to find all the stock photography of who would, who did we want to reach out to? Who did we want to appeal to? Um, And we found, you know, it was hard, but we found enough pictures to sort of capture the vision of what Adventurous Woman was. And if you look at Adventurous Woman now, whether it's the website, whether it's our social media, those are all adventurous women. Like we don't use stock photography anymore. Like the women that you see are adventurous women. And that to me is something that I'm super proud of. And I think that's super exciting to see that when you say, when you kind of put it out there, who we want to join us and that we're going to welcome you and that you're going to be comfortable there. Like we mean it. And I think that's, talk about stories. That's another thing that we hear a lot is, and our alumni will say like, or one of our hashtags is come as you are, like come as you are. Don't put this off for two years because you feel like you need to do all these things. Come as you are and enjoy the outdoors. Like we've got you. And a lot of our participants and alumni, that's one of the things that they'll say is like, Severia means it. (laughs) It's not just a fancy tagline. Like when she says, come as you are, come as you are you're going to have a great time and you're going to be welcomed and you know, it's yeah. So I think that for me, I think was the one thing that I'm super proud of is that having that vision of what we create and the, every time we have a weekend, it's that reminder. Yeah. This is why I do what I do because it changes lives.
0: What what should someone, what can someone expect at one of your adventures?
1: Yeah. So generally our weekends will start, you know, with an evening with some sort of like little welcome meetup introductions seems, you know, very sort of nondescript, but we all sort of like kick off the weekend with some sort of little get together. And then depending on the weekend, so for instance, our June event, our summer escape that's coming up here in Bend, um, it's kind of like our signature, like our fun one. So you create your own schedule at our Bend event in June. So you get to choose, what, so it's kind of challenge by choice. So we offer all the things in June. So we offer And it's mostly intro level, so there's no prior experience needed um, to come and try the things. So we do rock climbing, mountain biking, paddle boarding, kayaking, um, caving, hiking, fly fishing, yoga, outdoor skills, goal setting workshops, inner outer journey, map and compass. Um, All things that are hopefully going to empower you outdoors. So what you're going to, and we provide all the food, we provide all the gear, we provide all the equipment. We generally provide great swag bags that have stuff you can use for the weekend. So literally what women can expect is that they just need to show up. Like they really just need to get there. And then we got you. (laughs) Like you don't need to go buy a whole new wardrobe. You don't need to like do anything fancy. We just want you to show up and just trust us that like, let's go through this experience. Some of our other um, events are a little bit more singular focused. So we have a woman in whitewater weekend. Like that's going to be, it's all about glamping, doing whitewater. Um, we just finished our winter escape, which was focused mostly on Nordic skiing. So we had a, we had an afternoon or we had a morning at the, on groom trails, you know, kind of getting used to what cross country skiing was. And then the second morning we went out and did backcountry touring. So, you know, fresh powder off trail, kind of experiencing what that other side of Nordic skiing can look like. And the afternoons of both days, we had um, volunteers, uh, female volunteers from Deschutes County Search and Rescue come and talk about being safe in the outdoors, things you should think about, you know, what you should have in your pack, like kind of skills that you should use while adventuring in winter. And then we had a sauna trailer show up where we did like this beautiful, you know, wood fired sauna trailer and we cold plunged into a frozen lake, which was amazing. So it's it's a combination of adventure and pushing yourself maybe outside of your limits, learning really cool skills to help you on your outdoor journey. And then there's also this like self-care element of just relaxing and having fun and connection and great food yeah beautiful destinations all the things
0: sounds like adventure us is in a place that that you're proud of and a place that you're i don't i don't know happy with in the sense of like the direction it's going and the momentum it's gaining um how does ladies who launch come into play can you can you tell us about like what that support means and, and what's the kind of the nature of that relationship
1: absolutely so i forgot how they came on my radar but i think you know i, was, I think of following their newsletter. And it's interesting because I think as an entrepreneur and like, you're just so focused on like the day-to-day, just like getting stuff done, right? You're just so focused on like just doing the job, getting it done, planning for me, planning the events, trying to make it work. And so when I stepped out and decided to apply for the Ladies Who Launch program, I just, it was like, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business. Like, you know, like I kind of fit the requirements to apply for the program. And I did not really knowing what would come of it. And I have to say, for me, it was really validating that this isn't just a hobby or this isn't just, you know, like a cute idea that to have somebody from the outside look in and say, this is a like, this business has potential and we want to support this entrepreneur and we know the struggles that you're going through and <clears throat> and we can help right and we can like help support this because we want you to succeed. I think that's something that for me um has meant the world to have yeah somebody out on the outside looking in and saying what you do is really cool and we want to help you succeed and we know the challenges that you're facing and we want to help you know help you with those challenges so that you can continue to be successful and continue to have your the impact and continue to grow. And so yeah, and lady who's launched, you know, we have monthly webinars on all sort of different like business thing business growth areas the grant has been incredibly helpful just sort of with you know helping sort of invest in the business in ways that I might not otherwise because like oh i, I shouldn't be spending money on x or i shouldn't be spending money on this but like it's been incredibly helpful for that yeah and just having a support network and just being so inspired by the other women in the program too, and sort of hearing their challenges. My business is a little different than some of the other ones. A lot of them are more consumer good programs or businesses um, that are selling, you know, specific products, whereas I'm, yeah, I'm selling a product, but it's a little different. So uh, that's been like, an inter- it's been interesting because I've learned a lot just about business from another perspective as well. But yeah, no, but Ladies Who Launch, um, for any entrepreneurs who are out there or women entrepreneurs, I would highly recommend it. Putting your name in the hat.
0: Fantastic. Now, this is really cool. I'm I'm, I'm learning a lot. And uh, if you're ready for it, we can jump into rapid fire.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) First one that I would love to ask is, what are you most curious about right now outside of, let's say, outside of growing your business?
1: What am I most curious about? I'm curious about travel. I just I'm excited for to travel more. And I'm excited I'm curious about how the world is opening up or not reopening up. And yeah, curious to see where where adventure is taking people.
0: Proudest achievement. I'm gonna say this, outside of adventurous.
1: Oh w cause I literally was gonna say adventurous woman. Like it is my heart. Um, yes. it is definitely it is the thing I am. And I know, I know that sounds like cheesy, but it's like, it's literally the thing I am absolutely the most proud of. Um, but yeah. achievement outside of that, uh, Let's say that's number
0: one. What's number two.
1: Yeah. Number two is finishing three Ironmans, <laughs> not fast, oh, well, but finishing I, three. I, I,
0: if you finish them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how fast that's, uh, yeah. so, you know, athletics partner with, uh, Ironman. And so, um, yep. a lot of folks find us through that. So it is, uh, I've only done a half myself.
1: Half is the perfect length.
0: Is it? Is it? Half is, is it the perfect. perfect length. Yeah, it really
1: is. It is. It is the perfect length.
0: Do you do triathlons anymore?
1: No. I no. I got into the outdoors and didn't look back.
0: Too much fun to be out there on your own terms. Yeah. Uh, biggest goal not yet achieved.
1: Biggest goal not yet achieved. That's a good one. Um. Oh gosh, biggest goal not yet achieved. <laughs> so sounds so, so bad. <laughs> to be successful enough to hire employees. <laughs> yeah. or maybe pay myself. I'm not sure yet. Either way. No. Um, Like from a business perspective, I would say, you know, something along those lines, but biggest goal not yet achieved. I think there's more adventure out there for me. So I think just continuing, um, especially as I get older to keep discovering and rediscovering what adventure is and like redefining what those goals are.
0: And, and on that journey, I actually will just throw this one in there. What What do you think one of your biggest Strengths is as an entrepreneur and as someone a trailblazer. We're talking about the beer and also just just as someone living without compromise. What do you what do you think one of your biggest strengths are?
1: I would like to say um, that I'm a real person. I believe in like kindness and humanity, and so um, I think one of my strengths is that I put my heart into things, and I think it shows. Um, and so, you know, whether when you meet me, whether you meet me in the coffee shop or whether you meet me as leading the event or as a CEO of the company, I'm still the same person. Um, and I, and I genuinely love people and care about people. like, yeah. So I'd say there's, that's what I'd say. Genuine, genuine heartfeltness. And you get what you see.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You get what you see. There's not enough of that in, uh, Mm -hmm. going around. Is there a hobby that you have that maybe folks don't realize you're, you're into it?
1: Um, I, I mean, I love paddleboarding with my dog. It's my favorite. I have a little adventure pup, so um, I suppose if you follow me on social media, you'll she pops, she and I pop up eventually. But um, yeah, I just love the quietness of it. I like. Let me be clear. I like relatively flat water stand up paddleboarding. I'm not like an ocean paddleboarder, like lakes and lazy rivers. I think it's my most therapeutic time outdoors.
0: Awesome. So what's a daily habit you stick to that helps you stay on this journey, stay on this journey (laughs) as you build Adventurous?
1: Multiple cups of coffee every morning. (laughs) Like That is, I mean, I would love to, I would love to have some like really like, you know, well, I wake up and I meditate and I do my yoga routine and I... You know, and I journal. No, I just, I pound three cups of coffee minimum and then, you know, go from there.
0: Uh, I think that's the only (laughs) thing that I do consistently as well. Um, Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, last two questions and we'll wrap up. Favorite athletic brewing beer?
1: Okay, so I haven't tried the Trailblazer yet, which just showed up, so I'm super excited. But I usually go um, Upside down, So that's one that I usually go to. Or I really like your stout. When I'm in yeah. the mood for a stout. All out. Mm-hmm. Yep, the all out.
0: Oh, yeah. That one's fantastic. That's my dad's favorite. So, yeah, two two ends of the spectrum there for you. Uh, I know. So, why? it depends on the
1: mood, right? Because, yeah. like, stouts are more, like, wintry and, like, a little, you know, a little heavier. And, yeah. like, yeah, but the more of the pilsnery is post, yeah. post-paddle, post post-whatever. Oh, yeah. Hot day, sweating. Yeah. I, I'll go with that
0: yeah. one upside down, too. That, I think, I believe, don't quote me here, either. I think that's the first one we ever made, first beer. So on every can of beer, it says brew without compromise, but we believe when pursuing something unique, pursuing something new, or just striking out on your own, being a trailblazer, it means not just, you know, brewing without compromise or, you know, building a company without compromise. You have to live this way. Uh, What does it mean to you to live without compromise?
1: Following your heart. I think following your heart and being kind to those around you on your journey. That's those are non those are worries I will never compromise.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. You can find out more about ladies who launch at org. more about Severia at adventureuswomen.com. And also if you want to buy some Trailblazer, go to athleticbrewing.com and try any of our other beers there. And you can search for us with a store finder there to find us on store shelves near you. So cheers and hope to see you on the trail.